I love the uncertainty. Like that's my favorite part about this whole thing. Like even something as small as like, I'll go to bed tonight. I have no idea what's gonna happen tomorrow, tomorrow morning when I wake up. Like I have a plan. Okay, we have to do this, this, this. But you know, what if some guy calls us out of the blue saying, hey, I wanna sell with you guys. Or what if I wake up and I find out that another company has jacked our idea and they wanna start their own thing. Like, I love that. Welcome to the Sports is Job podcast, journey of the working sports professional. It's our mission to show you that sports is more than just the game. We interview sport industry professionals to learn about what they do, how they do it, why they do it, and how they got to where they are today. I'm Kobe Castillo, and you are listening to Sports as a Job. Today's guest on the Sports as a Job podcast is co-founders of NARP Clothing, KJ Bryant and Patrick Cromwell. Both KJ and Patrick were teammates on the baseball team at Clemson University. NARP Clothing is a marketplace that gives former student-athletes the opportunity to profit off their name, image, and likeness by selling their player-owned apparel without the threat of inequitable NCAA sanctions. The idea of NARP Clothing came during a period of transition when both were trying to figure out what they wanted to do after their athletic careers. You'll hear their backstory, how the business came to be, and what the future holds for this business that is really leading the way in an entire new market. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are listening to the Sports is a Job podcast. We are back with another episode. I got two guests here, all both from NARP, NARP Clothing, uh, Patrick and KJ here. So if you guys want to take turns, I don't know who wants to go first, but if you could just introduce yourself, um, you know, talk about NARP Clothing and also basically your, your, just to give me a, a little background about yourself. Yeah, uh, so I'm Patrick Cromwell. I was born and raised in Orange County, California, and somehow made my way all the way to Clemson, South Carolina. That's where I went to college. Um, I played baseball at Clemson, and that is where I met KJ. Um, and we became buddies my junior year. Um, and, you know, we stayed in touch after graduation, all that stuff. And I was in Europe, believe it or not, uh, pretty much a year ago to the day. And KJ was on his way out there to go on a vacation and hit me up. He's like, yo, man, I'm coming to Europe. Uh, you know, let's link up. Said, all right, man, like, sounds good. So we're hanging out in Cologne, Germany, right by the Rhine River. And just like catching up, it'd been a year or so since we talked. Um, and he's like, hey man, like, you know, we got this idea. Let me run it by you and see what you think. And this is, this is where it happened. He gave me the elevator pitch for NARP clothing. Um, and I won't steal it from him because this is, this is his thing. So I will let him do the explaining. Awesome. Uh, but that's pretty much how it all started. Uh, on the Rhine River in Cologne, Germany. Uh, and then we went to Amsterdam the next day and then Paris. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much how NARP kind of started. I'll let KJ do the uh, full description of how how it came to mind. We need the uh, we need the actual elevator speech, not just okay. this We need the actual I, elevator I'm, I'm, speech. Dude, I'll leave it at the K. Patrick was the first person I ever told. You know, um, it was sitting in the back of my head for like two months. Um, you know, I had an internship in Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, a lot of coworkers they cheered for Clemson. And I had on my Clemson baseball polo. And one of my coworkers was like, hey, man, I like it. I'll buy it from you. And at the time, I was like, whoa, what? 
and you know he tried to buy it from me i was like nah dude like i have like three of these you know like here take it and so it just sparked in my head it's like okay if somebody wanted to buy my gear what would they do for a football player that had a you know an actual great you know college career you know so i sat at my desk i was an intern you know i didn't really have much to do so i just created the business plan um you know just sat on it for two months like Patrick said, I flew out to uh, Cologne and I was like, hey, man, like, I think I got something cool, you know, and Patrick was like all for it. You know, I was like, yeah, man, as soon as I get back to the States, like, we're going to hit the ground, you know. So Patrick flew in to Greenville, September. I picked him up from the airport and we had like our first little meeting in my cousin's backyard. And Patrick mm -hmm. was like, hey, man, um, you know, I got a friend who played D3 baseball. He builds, you know websites so i was like cool you know he's a former student athlete you know this is this is this is like this this could be cool and so uh starting in october we started building the website um so it's, it's been fun mm -hmm. so i guess patrick i mean like it's interesting so this idea started internationally obviously i mean it didn't start here um and you mentioned you guys haven't talked for a year when when, when he came to the idea we, yeah, we had been tight and, you know, we yeah, stayed know. in touch, but we hadn't like hung out in person because after graduation, I went and played baseball in Australia for six months. And then after that played in Germany. So I had been kind of doing some traveling for a year after graduation. Um, and then we're, we're, you know, we'd been in touch throughout the time. And then mm -hmm. he just said, Hey man, like, are you going to be in Europe from these dates? Cause I'm coming in. And I was like, dude, I'll be, I'll be here. Like, let's make something work. Yeah. So pretty much, um, so I graduated Clemson early and then I transferred down to college of Charleston. So it would have been my senior year at Clemson. I was playing for Charleston. So there was like a whole year to like me and Patrick, the only, the only way that we talked was through like, you know, Snapchat, like very informal stuff. And so, you know, that lasted like a whole year. And then, uh, you know, I've seen his stories. I was following him from a distance. I was like, man, this guy is living. Like he was – running with the Bulls in Spain. He was in Australia. It's like, man, like, I got to go out there. So uh, I carved out some time and, you know, just see what life is like in the Europe. Across the pond. Across the <laughs> pond, yeah. But Patrick, I guess, you know, KJ brings this idea to you and he's kind of on vacation and you're, you're all the way over there. And it seems like you were on board with the idea right off the bat. I yeah. mean, why, why were you, was, was it, I mean, why were you so on board from the start? So, yeah, I graduated in 2018. Um, I don't get drafted or signed as a free agent or anything. And I was kind of like hoping that would happen. And I'm like, okay, shoot, now what? Like, do I have to get a job? Like, what's the deal? And talking to my dad and he's like, look, man, like you have a month and a half, two months here at home to try to figure something out or go get a job. And then that's when I hear about international baseball. So I go do that for 13 months. And while I'm there, I'm every other day kind of thinking like, all right, this is going to end sooner or later and you got to get a job. What do you want to do? So when I was overseas, it was kind of a buffering period for me to figure out what I want to do with life. And then when I least expect it, when I think like KJ and I are just going to go hang out in Amsterdam, Paris, Germany, he drops this on me. And I was like, whoa. And I'm sure I asked like a bunch of questions like, how is it going to work? Blah, blah, blah. 
And I don't even think I was expecting him to be like, yo, I want you on board. He was just like telling an idea to me. Yeah. Um, and then later on the conversation is like, well, I bring it up because I want you to be on board. I'm like, whoa, like for real? And I was like, tell him like, you know, let me get home and then I'll come down to South Carolina and we'll like actually get this ball rolling. Um, but when he told me about it, I immediately was like, how has no one ever thought of this before? Mm-hmm. Like the, the amount of gear we get is unreal. We're super appreciative of it too. Like it's great. Um, but you just can't wear all of it. And we know that the demand from the fans is there too, because, you know, after a game, you're walking out of the clubhouse fans are there asking for a sleeve, for a hat, for anything. And so KJ and I realized like, Hey, we might be onto something pretty special. And that's why we immediately wanted to get the ball rolling. Um, as soon as I touch back down in the States. Now I got to flip the question back over to you, KJ. It seems like you kind of knew that you wanted Patrick on board. Why Patrick? I mean, why, why bring the idea to Patrick and, and ask him right off the bat, like, Hey, I want, I I want, want you on this. Uh, you know, Patrick was my boy. Um, <laughs> you know, he was just one of those guys that comes to where like me and him just, you know, it was always cool, you know? Um, and I remember, I had a lot of adversity at Clemson and, uh, you know, I always remember that, you know, Clint Patrick was always able to like, AK, hey, you know, you're going to be good. He's like, you know, when me and him, you know, we kind of had similar stories. We started out the season, both starting. Yeah, I was playing right. He was playing third. And then somehow, you know, you blink the eye. I mean, him was at the, the bench just chilling. So we just had a lot of time, you know, we bonded. And, um, you know, I just knew Patrick was, you know, a good person. So I was like, you know what, if I could, you know, if I had to start a business, I would want to, you know, do it with Patrick. What was the, you know, like, again, I, I was a former, you know, student athlete at the D2 level, not as, as the same level, a higher level as you, both of you. But, but I think it's always a similar situation that we all go through, student athletes, athletes in general, that we understand that the end is eventually going to happen. And we have to think about, what it is that we want to do next. And I've always had the idea that I wanted to work in sports in some capacity for both of you was being an entrepreneur, what you wanted to do, or were you looking at something maybe like corporate world or, or something else outside of entrepreneurship? So entrepreneurship was never, I mean, I, I wouldn't say never, but I was anticipating going the corporate route. Um, got into the corporate world, realized it wasn't for me. And I just realized like, look, I got to have something that I build myself, you know? And at the time I didn't, I didn't know what it was, but, uh, thankfully this came to my, you know, my head and I was like, you know what? I'm young. Don't only had that many responsibilities. Why not? Mm -hmm. And for me, I think, and like a reason why KJ and I bonded is because, you know, we're starters, we're supposed to be playing. And then four weeks into the season, we find ourselves on the bench, like trying to get back in the starting role. And so we kind of bonded over us going through this tough time together. And I know I'm sure KJ thought about, I thought about, I was like, dang, is this where my baseball career ends? Like, am I gonna be, yeah. Am I going to be a bench player for you know the rest of this year and for my senior year? Or are we going to try to like, you know, kick it into overdrive and get back into the lineup. And I know KJ and I both worked really hard and he ended up having an extremely successful back end of his career at College of Charleston. Um, 
and then I found myself back in the lineup um, towards my senior year. Um, and I had been thinking when I was like, okay, is this the end for me? Like, I need to figure out what I want to do with my life. Cause I'd always just pushed it off and said, I'm going to focus on baseball for the time being. Um, and I assumed that I was just going to be a corporate guy and go into the corporate world, work a nine to five and get on with life and, you know, start from there. Um, and it wasn't until I went overseas and kind of experienced, you know, living over there and I don't know, getting a rush of, you know, not having a certain schedule every day. I was like, you know what? I don't know if the nine to five is for me. So now I need to figure out something that I can start or, you know, some idea has to strike me so I can do something on my own. And then by the grace of God, KJ drops gold onto me in the middle of Germany. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's quite a story. The, the fact that you did, you know, you went on this vacation where he, when he was playing internationally and dropped this gold, as Patrick calls it. Um, I mean, that's, that's a crazy story in itself, but I think, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I feel like entrepreneurship is very attractive to, to athletes is because it's similar in the sense that like what you put in is what you get out of it. And there's something about it where like competition wise, maybe it's a competitive thing. Um, maybe it's just the skill sets that we build the, those um, attributes, those traits that we build as being an athlete, that it kind of translate over to, to being an entrepreneur. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys think being a student athlete and being an entrepreneur is similar in, in a sense? I, I definitely agree. And I hadn't, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but when you bring it up, it, it does make sense. Um, you know, the entrepreneur life lifestyle is pretty similar to the athletic lifestyle where, you know, it's survival of the fittest. Um, you know, if you're putting in the work, um, you have to push yourself to get to the top. Nothing's going to be given to you. And, you know, you can make the comparison to life as a student athlete. Um, no one's there. You know, you have your coaches and everything. But at the end of the day, this is on you. If you want to go get extra reps after practice or before practice, um, like bottom line, if you if you want it and you can work for it, you can make it happen. Well, I, well, I guess that goes into the next question is, is how do you balance this um, being both co-founders? I mean, who... You know, who brings what, you know, how do you guys level each other out? You know, I'm sure that you, you know, Patrick may have one thing, KJ may have another. How do you both balance this as being co-founders of this? We talk a lot. Yeah. Communication is key. Um, pretty much like me and Patrick, um, we have the same vision. So we just go out and just get it done. Like I'll send him a text message early in the morning. Like, hey, these are my goals for the day that I'm going to get done. Um, and then he does the same thing. And if, you know, we, if we stuck or if, like we need help, we'll just call each other. And then, you know, at the end of the night, we'll call. And then like, we'll just see how the uh, day went. I think that's the biggest thing is like us being on the same page. And like KJ said, like he'll shoot me a text in the morning, kind of like saying like, Here, hey, here's what I want to get done today. Or, hey, have you thought about this? And he, so he's South Carolina, I'm California. So he'll shoot me a text when he wakes up at like seven in the morning. <laughs> and so it's early in the morning. I'm like not even thinking about getting up and I'm getting a text from KJ and he's like hitting the ground running, ready to go in South Carolina. Um, and so that actually helps me. Like it motivates me like, Hey, you know, I can't make an excuse just for being on the West coast. Like I got to wake up at six 30 to, you know, be ready to roll if KJ needs me for anything. Um, but I think when he comes to the communication, like, if I scroll through my phone 
I'll have to scroll like three, four times just to hit yesterday's text with KJ. So we're like constantly in, in communication, constantly calling each other, FaceTime and stuff. Um, and I think that's one thing that's been big for us. You know, we're not letting the distance get in the way of this, especially with everything going on. Like the world is turning into remote. People are starting to work remote. Um, and so we think we can definitely make this work for the time being. And so we just start constantly in touch with each other and making sure that if someone has an idea, it's being put into play the yeah. same way that the other person thinks is the right way. And if the other person doesn't think, think that way, it's like, hey, you know, maybe we should go this way. What do you think? And sometimes it turns into an argument. And then, <laughs> like, 20 minutes, and then like 20 minutes later, we'll just like forget about it. Right? Like, yeah. oh, okay, what are you up to tonight? Or something like that. <laughs> follow our pride, you know, like whenever like, we're wrong with something, like, like, hey, man, you're right. That's my bad, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Is that, is that the magic text of, of the signal saying, hey, we just fought, but I forgive you. So what are you doing later? <laughs> no, it's, it's not even that. It'll just be like random. Like uh, we had like a small thing. We were like, you know, not like fighting or butting heads. And we were just like disagreeing. And I went and dropped off a couple of packages at UPS and I was driving home. I was like, damn, I was wrong. Like I need to call KJ and like apologize and stuff. I was like, Patrick, you got to put the pride to the side. Like, you know, this is for the best of the company. Um, and you just need to own up and like, let them know you were wrong. Patrick was wrong. KJ, you were right. And stuff like that. Um, so it's been like an interesting experience the past few months for sure. Stuff I've never like really, really had to deal with, but I mean, it's been fun. Like we, I think the thing is like, we enjoy doing this. Like yeah. even if we do have a bad day or we have a issue with the website or with shipping, like a couple hours later, we'll just be like, Hey, we're going to be fine. Like we're going to bounce back. And then an hour later, like, some good news will happen. Some kid will hit us up that we've been trying to get sell on the pl- on the platform. I'll be like, "Hey, man, I'm ready to sell." I'm like, all right, look at that. Yeah. And I think it's 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 great that both of you mentioned that kind of this transparency in the communication, but also putting your pride to the side, especially when you're working with someone. Um, you're both co-founders. It's like, can you admit you're wrong? Like when you're actually wrong, can you call the person up and say sorry? And, and I think by doing that, it helps you really move forward with things and not really, um, you know, meddle or, or be stuck on something that you argued about an hour or two hours ago. We're going to take a little break to hear from today's guest, KJ, speak about a raffle they are currently selling on their website. You are listening to the Sports is a Job podcast. What's going on, y'all? This is KJ with NARP Clothing. I got my good friend Josh Crump, who's a 2016 national champion from Coastal Carolina, wrapping off his custom outfield glove. Never been worn, used. For 12 bucks, you can have the chance to win it. So go to www.narbclothing.com slash lotteries. Now, for me, you know, I love the branding. I think the, you know, it's great and simple. And I was, I was trying to find out you know, doing research, I'm a pretty doing this podcast thing. I'm a pretty, I, I would consider myself a professional stalker or a prote- professional online detective in the sense like, I'm pretty sure I can find a lot of information, but I could not find what NARP means. Like, is it, is it an acronym or is there like a definition? I mean, how, where did the name come from? I mean, what, what does it even mean? So pretty much after I got done playing for College of Charleston, I was in my uh, I was going into my second year of grad school, and I had a fifth year to play baseball. But I was like, you know what? I lost a passion for it. And I was like, you know, I just want to start my life. 
And then it dawned on me like the first day, like first week, I still was like, I'm a narc, you know? <laughs> and it just started out as like what the Clemson athletes call, you know, people who are not athletes on campus. Mm. So NARP is short for a non-athletic regular person. <laughs> And then it just came full circle. You know, I was like, called Charleston, like, I'm a narc. Like, got done with class. I was like, what do I do? And like, I finally got to feel like what a normal student does. So like, I would hit up Folly Beach. You know, I will just do stuff that like I always wanted to do. And I was just always sat in the back of my head, like, you know, like, I'm a narc. <laughs> and that's, and like, one of the reasons behind this and behind the name too was, you know, it's geared for the former student athlete. And, you know, sports is such a big part of our lives for, 21 22 years while we're playing and then there comes a time when it ends and then it's like hey you know you're a narp now like welcome to narp um you're on the same playing field as everyone else now you don't have any special you know talent um but you do have the unique opportunity to sell some of the gear that you accumulated while you were an athlete um and, and in turn you make a fan's day some fan who never has a chance to purchase a you know clemson baseball t-shirt now you can give them that opportunity that's going to be my, my Twitter and IG bio now. I'm a NARP. I'm going to join the club. I'm part of the NARP club as well now. I love that. That's actually, you guys got to create like a hashtag or something for all the, the former student athletes to use. I mean, I think people would be all over that. Now, the idea itself. So when, 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 did, you, when did you guys, I'm sure you guys worked on it and then launched. When did you guys launch this? What, what year? Oof. So describe launch, like, like first like day of sales or? The website, like you got the website up, the website was up and you started selling things. Uh, so we had our first sale 420. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You said 420? 420, yeah. baby. So this yeah. is, the, I mean, this is just recent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's fresh, but like when you guys launched the idea, because you said something about how, how in the world did someone not think about this before? I mean... I think it's, so, it's, it's a great idea. Yeah. So we had our first sale on 420, but it was, it was a long process mm-hmm. leading up to that. You know, um, you know, Pastor and I, uh, one thing we didn't have a lot of was capital. So mm-hmm. we couldn't just go out and just, you know, just pay a, like a legal Zoom, mm-hmm. like get the LOC formatted and do all the legal documents. So what me and Pat did, we just, you know, went on YouTube and learn how to do it and we did it ourselves but that took a lot of extra time and uh we was building the website like me and patrick was very picky because we knew it hasn't been done before so we wanted to do it right you know we didn't want to roll out a platform oh it's a great idea but that's really a a average website like that website could i'm not really feeling it you know so i wasn't confident until rolling like the website out until i was like okay this is sick I have my name on it. Like, this is something that I could really support. Mm-hmm. So we just spent like the next four months, if, yeah, like four months just building it, going back and forth, testing it. Um, so it was a long process leading up to April. And I'm sure, I'm sure both of you will probably have to do with this. I think any company or any great concept will have to do it. Is that like, I don't know if you've seen it already, but has, has anybody maybe like copied your concept already or tried to copy it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's some copycats. Yeah. Um, but that's one thing that me and Patrick expected when it's a good yeah. idea like this, the market's going to get very saturated. 
a lot of people will come in and copy it. And then it just comes to sustainability, you know, build, just building a better brand. Um, so, you know, a lot of people come, come in the market, but let's see where every company is standing in 2022. Yeah. 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 And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, take any secrets out of the, uh, pull any of your secrets out or share with anybody. Cause I, I definitely understand in the sense where, you know, you create something and everyone sees the success that you have. Um, and they start to create something or want to create something similar to that. And, and when you launched now in your terms, was it a successful launch? Was it, did it, did everything happen the way that you wanted to, as far as maybe the expectations or goals you set, you set right away? Yeah, I think the thing is, like KJ said, we, we knew we were on to something. We knew it was pretty much the first of its kind. So when we did it, we wanted to make sure we did it the right way. And obviously we've run into some minor issues along the way, but when we officially launched on all platforms, social media and started doing a little bit of social media marketing was in the end of May. And I think our first sale came in um, later on that day. And then the next day we had like four or five come through and I remember KJ calling me, he's like, dude, what's going on? I'm like, I guess here we go. Like, you know, uh, yeah. so we sold some cleats um, <laughs> and then we uh, did a post on it on Facebook. And at the time I had my locker up, I had Logan, Kendall, Adam, like all these big time Clemson football names. Mm-hmm. And the first person that, you know, went, like actually went on the website and bought something was from my locker. And I was like, yo, what's going on? Like, <laughs> no, like they got other athletes, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, that was really cool. Just checking your phone and seeing somebody buy something from NARP, like it's better than hitting a home run. It's better than mm-hmm. anything. You know, it's just a gratifying feeling that somebody took the time to go on our website and buy something, you know, that feeling never gets old. Yeah. Home run's pretty cool though. Home runs pretty that's a close second. I didn't hit too many, so I didn't really know. So I was just like, look. <laughs> the the last uh, memory of me hitting a home run's in Little League and I'm pretty sure it wasn't like a a hundred, 200 yard, uh, a field only as far as where the fence was. That's probably the last feeling I have of a home run, but it, Hey, that still counts. As long as it, it goes does. over, it doesn't have to go over. As long as it's inside the park home run, that still counts as a home run. I got the ball. I'm pretty sure I got the ball and I signed it and everything. It's probably in my, my, my closet back at home. You know, my, you want to sell it on NARP? Glories. <laughs> That's actually a great idea. Maybe, maybe I'll tell my mom, maybe my mom will buy it for me. Cause <laughs> I, I don't think anybody else will want the damn thing. Again, you go on, you know, KJ was talking about how he was wearing this kind of this polo um, and we get gear. Like I remember even being in a D2, we get gear that nobody else gets. And you're walking around campus or you're walking around in the community like, dude, where did you get that? I couldn't find that at the bookstore. I couldn't find that at the shop. And I was like, oh, they gave it to us for, for practice. And people want that. And mm-hmm. I collect sports cards and that's kind of like a big thing right now. I flip sports cards, actually. Um, and it's all about that exclusivity, like that's special. Like nobody else can get it. So I want it. And it kind of goes into like the sneaker, the sneaker world. Like people love certain sneakers because it's rare. Like not everybody has it. What's the, um, so what's the vision or the goal that you guys have for NARP? I mean, what's the timeline of things? What's the big picture? The big picture is that we just want to, you know, be a platform to where, you know, if a student athlete wants to sell some of his clothes, we're that platform that they go to. That's the big picture is, you know, we, we want to be more than a clothing company. 
you know, before it's all said and done, you know, we want to be, oh, okay, that's NARC clothing. They just like student athletes clothes, but they also do this, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's just a big picture. Yeah, that's I mean, where we can't give out any secrets. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Think, yeah. I, I figured. I'm sure, I'm sure. There, you know? <laughs> we got competition now, so it's like. Sure. You yeah. can't let it all out. My, mm-hmm. my last question for both of you, I guess, and especially in this time of uncertainty and, and, and being an entrepreneur is, how do you guys face the fact that you're unsure what's going to happen to NARP next week or in a month or a year? Like that uncertainty of being an entrepreneur that kind of just reigns over your head. Is it motivation? Does, does it honestly scare you? Like, I, I really want to hear what exactly what it makes you feel. So, I think, so, oh, you can go. Okay. Uh, I think the uncertainty, you know, me and Patrick, you know, we experienced that a lot, especially as being former student athletes. It's like, okay, am I going to get drafted or not? Am I going to play this game? Am I not? You know, so we kind of experienced that a lot. And some of those skills that we learned and the adversity that we went through prepared us for what we go through now to where, what, you know, for lack of a better word, was a shit storm. We're kind of like, all right, man, like we're going to get through it. You know, like our website crashes. You know, we're not like freaking out. We're like, all right, man, like how do we just get, like, how, how do we fix the problem? Because we know if we freak out, that's not going to help us solve it. For me, I love the uncertainty. Like that's my favorite part about this whole thing. Like even something as small as like, I'll go to bed tonight. I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, tomorrow morning when I wake up. Like I have a plan. Okay, we have to do this, this, this. But you know, what if some guy calls us out of the blue saying, hey, I want to sell with you guys. Or what if I wake up and I find out that another company has jacked our idea and they want to start their own thing? Like, I love that. You know, when some people would maybe be like, oh, come on, these guys stole our idea. Now what are we going to do? To me and to KJ, we're like, like that fires us up. Like that just motivates us even more to bury those guys. We're used to competition, and, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's nothing new yeah. to us. Like, yeah, that's, well, what, that's what I love. Yes, yeah, especially at Clemson, like, you know, it was a lot of good people on the team. In each position, you know, it was like three deep. So, you know, competition is nothing new to us. Mm-hmm. Now, you where race. can people find you on social media, whether it's your personal, uh, please shout out, obviously, NARP Clothing. Where can they where can they buy the gear? Where can they support you and follow you on social media as well? So Instagram, it's at NARP Clothing underscore. Twitter is just NARP Clothing. TikTok. TikTok actually has been like a huge platform for us. Um, we got a lot of love from TikTok. And then TikTok is just at NARP Clothing as well. Um, and then we're also active on Facebook, just NARP Clothing. Um, but it's pretty easy to find us. Unique name. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to the Sports is a Job podcast. It's our mission to continue to provide you the stories and the insight to the people and the stories behind the scenes of the sports industry. If you're looking for more content, please visit our website at sportsisajob.com. And if you've listened to this episode, all I ask you to do is leave us a rating and review. And if you did find value or this was entertaining to you, please share it with others. And like I always say, we are all our own individual journeys, but you are not alone.